What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 172, and we'll be talking about Stargate Atlantis' episode, The Eye. The Eye. The Eyes Have It. I have that, two eyes. That I was gonna. That joke probably has been made a billion times, and I just made it one billion and one. Hi, hi, friends. Hi, friends. We're an independent podcast where you can hear terrible jokes get repeated over and over again. Right here, just, just this is this is the only place. Not the only place. Whatever. Uh, the, the, this is can, one definitive place where you can find y- bad jokes. You. This is a definitive place. Yes. Uh, we can't use the defen- def- definite article, but we can use an indefinite article for the definitive place. Mm-hmm. So it's yes. actually N I, not the I. Correct. Yes, N I, uh, and I has it. Uh, we so, <laughs> so you friends, you can support this nonsense if you want. <laughs> uh, we got a thing on buymeacoffee.com/slash walking through, spelt precisely as it should be. Um, and uh, you can also the more easy way to do that is the easier way to do that is to go to wtts dot space space. And go to the coffee cup icon on the bottom right corner. Click on that thing and uh, you'll be able to give us a coffee or two or five or sign up for what they call memberships where you can recurringly give us coffee. Thank you so much to those who have done so. That's awesome. We appreciate it greatly. And uh, there's also on there things called um, wish lists. So we got a couple, you know, we got, we got, we got a few things. A mixer to make life better, a couple of mics to make life sound better. But then the thing that we were realizing we should do, which we've done now, is that you can you can subject us to more pain and suffering by uh, contributing to a wish list fund that would, uh, once the goal is hit, we will then watch the next two episodes of Stargate Infinity, the non-canonical animated series. Uh, I think we're got to watch eight, nine or nine and ten, something like that, right around there somewhere. And uh, that's on there as well. So if you want to do that, you can head on over to the site and click on the coffee cup, make all that thing happen. Thank you so much to everybody who has done so. That's fantastic. And if you have people in your life that need wonderful Stargate podcast content, like the kind we are creating, full of terrible jokes and puns that are so bad that they don't even qualify as puns. They're like nuns. Like they're not even there. They're, they're they just have bad. habits. They have, it's just bad habits. <laughs> oh, no. They just got worse. <laughs> anyway, they, you can. They, they're habits that look so bad, they look like penguins. Oh, frozen this, in the tundra. Oh, the, the, I mean, the, this joke is just growing cold, Zach. I think we should stop. Uh, I, yeah. I just, it's just like a desert out here with nothing there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I got nothing. All right, well, let me just slide into this here. So uh, if you've got people in your life that want Stargate podcast content (laughs) such as ours, you can recommend our show to them. And they can find us on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts and iHeartRadio Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts and podcast aggregators. And even on the site, they can listen to us and see if they want to get into this show or not. Um, They will. They're they're, they're totally going to love it. It'll be great. And uh, that's where they can. That's where they can do that. So, yeah. um, so Zach, yes, Brent. If a person wants to uh, let us know which penguin or um, icy type uh, or nun jokes or pun jokes that we missed in that little exchange just then, how might they reach out to us and let us know? Well, 
if you want to tell us your particularly bad pun joke, nun yeah. joke, penguin joke, whatever it is, uh, or if you've actually found the best one of those yes. that will solve all of the world's problems, we want to know about it. Email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com and let us know what that is. That's spelled exactly as you would expect it to be, uh, yes. assuming that you can spell. Because there's that word through, yes. which sounds like T-H-R-O-O, but it's actually T-H-R-O-U-G-H. There's mm -hmm. that U-G-H, that ug, that just kind of gets in the middle of that thing that messes everything up. Through. Through. You gotta, you gotta really expel something out of the back of your throat with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, walking through the stargate at gmail.com. You can also go to the Facebooks and uh, follow, join, subscribe, whatever. It Whatever. is on the groups and, and the page and all of that stuff. And you can put your predictions in there every week when they come in. Or you yep. can go to the website, which is WTTS.space. Space! And there you can uh, learn all about the website. And then you click the Buy Me a Coffee and then go to the Discords from the website. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the Discords is where most of our social media stuff happens. Uh, and, and you can join the channel and uh, have fun conversing and listening and talking and, and what all of that stuff. So. Yep. Um, it's good stuff. Yep. Some of it's Stargate stuff, and some of it is not. There are some spoiler channels. There are some general mm -hmm. channels. There are some mm -hmm. uh, prediction channels and all of the aboves. Yeah, we have a good time over there. Yep. I recommend it. Yep. Uh, Brent is usually there, and I show up. You know, I, I'm, I'm a very good lurker. <laughs> he notices when things happen. I do. Most of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Pretty much all the time. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. And, and sometimes I notice things before other people notice them, which is yeah. impressive. You it's see, most there you impressive. Go. Uh -huh. Most impressive. Most impressive. Uh, anyway, so the I. The I. The, the definite article I. Yeah. Uh, the director is Martin Wood. He, of mm -hmm. course, directed the first part in this one. This is his third of six credits this season. Uh, the teleplay is Martin Garrow. Uh, he did the first part, The Storm. This is his third of six writing credits this season. Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of guest actors, mostly the same names that we saw from last week. We've got Paul McGillian, David Nickel. No, David Nickel is actually not in this one. I should take that off of this. Um, we don't have Zelenka in this episode. Um, no, we don't. That's right. No, but we do have uh, Robert Davey as Commander Acastus Kolya. We've got Aaron Chambers as Sora. We've got, uh, we don't have Colmini. I copy and pasted a lot of things. I mean... He's technically in the previously on. He is, you know, and, and well, so is, you know, Zelenka, but. Yeah, that's anyway. true. Um, and uh, we do have Ryan Robbins. Uh, this is the guy that I'm like, I can't remember who that guy is. So I skipped it last week. But then yes. I remember who he was. Uh, and, he's, and he plays kind of an important role this time around. He does. This, I mean, last week's episode, it was very subtle and not very much there. But this one, he is a much bigger role. Uh, Ryan Robbins plays Laden, Laden, Radim, Radim. Uh, I don't know exactly what those, how that is. Anyway, he was born in yeah. 72 in British Columbia. He is known for Sanctuary, uh, mm -hmm. Apollo 18, and Spectral. Mm -hmm. um, he has done a zillion shows with uh, Christopher Heyerdahl, who plays uh, Holling, um, yeah. you know, yep. uh, in this show as well. Uh, he's a fun character to watch in Sanctuary, if you haven't seen Sanctuary. Uh, I'm not. guessing you haven't. Um, Correct. Sanctuary is a show that stars Amanda Tapping. 
Oh, uh, she oh, is, I think we probably talked about that before. Yeah, yeah, she's the main character, and she's one of the executive producers and all sorts of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, um, there are some folks out there who will yell at me if I get it wrong. So um, <laughs> basically, there are uh, creatures, um, superhumans, okay, um, in in the world, and yeah. they are being persecuted, and she provides a sanctuary for them. Oh, well, that's uh, fun! And and then you know stuff happens. Um, of course, it's a show. It's a show. Stuff. Stuff yeah. has to happen. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, um, let's see here. Um, Tesla shows up in that, if I recall correctly. Mm. Uh, and Is he's he a superhuman? Of course. Of course he's a vampire. So, giving away free energy to the world, trying to. Yep. Um, anyway, that's a Sanctuary. He does a lot with that. Um, Ryan's first IMDb credit came in 1997 in the movie Horsey, and he plays mm-hmm. the character of Simon Lee. Oh, okay. Very so, good. There you go. Um, the original air date for this episode was January 21, 2005. We are now in wow. the 2005s. Uh, yeah. This was uh, several months later. Number one in the charts in the U.S. We were listening to Let Me Love You by Mario. Uh, He's saying that to Peach. I, oh, okay. I have... Okay. Yeah. I mean, that makes you know, sense. And And, you know, you've got some some uh uh mushroom people and Koopas? the the goombas the coom the who are the mushroom people i'm, I'm blanking i don't know I, anyway. I, there's a whole bunch of people that are like it's this and i'm like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yes exactly that's exactly what i'm talking about people those are the ones i'm talking about they're in the yep. background and they're 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 backing up mario and and yeah. luigi is almost certainly playing the uh he's probably playing the drums he's oh, probably yeah, back okay. there banging on the drums um, or or maybe Donkey Kong is playing the drums and he's playing. Oh yeah, that bass. makes more sense. That could be. That, that that's makes probably more what sense. it is. Yep. Yeah, Donkey yeah, yeah. Kong's right. on the drum. Luigi is on on the bass. Um, so there you go. Um, in the UK, apparently Elvis is not dead yet because oh. he was number one on the charts with One Night and I Got Swing in the oh. US this week. Um, so I, I meant to look up what the heck was going on here and I didn't, uh-huh. uh, so well, it's, so it's a gun. It's another one of these little slashy dudes. I don't know what the UK is all about with their whole, like two songs is number one thing. But it's I, probably like the A and the B side or whatever. It doesn't matter. Elvis it, Presley was at the top of the charts. Yeah. You know, which is impressive because he had been dead for many moons at that point in time. For 30 years, 30 something years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, in the box office this week of January 21, 2005, the first one is Are We There Yet? Which is exactly what something Coach Carter's kids would say as they are driving down (laughs) to meet the Fockers. Oh, hey, all right. They are in really good company, but it's the Fockers, and so they have to assault Precinct 13 because... Whoa, that was all right. That that worked out okay. Yeah. (laughs) Very good. So, um, there you go. So those are the movies uh, that week. Uh, what was happening around this date? On the 15th, so a little bit before this of uh, January, there was an intense solar flare that blasts X-rays across the solar system. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, and also on the 15th, the ESA's Smart One Lunar Orbiter 
discovers elements such as calcium, aluminum, silicon, iron, and other surface elements on the moon. Okay. Uh, I mean, it would make sense that they would be surface elements because they're on the surface. Yeah, it's tough to see underneath the surface when you're in orbit. Yep. Um, But anyway, uh, on the 16th of January, at 66 years old, Romanian University lecturer Adriana Ilescu becomes the oldest birth mother in the world. I think I remember that. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, In um, television news on January 23, a couple days after this one, uh, the TV series Numbers, starring Rob Morrow and David Krumholtz, uh, debuts on CBS. Okay, all right. And then also on the 23rd, we have the AFC and NFC Championship Games in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers lose to the New England Patriots uh-huh. with a score of 41 to 27. Mm-hmm. And the Philadelphia Eagles beat the Atlanta Falcons 27 to 10 in the uh-huh. NFC. Yep. Got it. So uh, I have a couple of trivia things about this episode, Brent. Yes. Uh, this episode actually was nominated for a couple of different Leos uh, for Dramatic Series Best Picture Editing, and yeah. it was actually won the Dramatic S- Series Best Visual Effects, Yep. and it was nominated for a Gemini Award for Best Visual Effects as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as I was listening to the, the commentary last night, uh, I don't remember the exact number, but they had something like... 50,000 gallons of water dumping through that system as they were doing the filming uh, yes. on that that uh, the that one spot there. Yep. Uh, and because because it's a TV show and you have to make things bigger in a TV show for it to actually register on TV. Yeah. That's way more water than what would actually have been there for a storm, but those actors did definitely get 100% drenched. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They got they 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 got real. They got really wet. Yep, yep. Um, and this title in other languages is nothing fancy. We've got the French going in the middle of the storm. Yeah, the Czech are the eye of the storm, and everybody else yeah. says the eye. So there you nobody go. says everything turns out okay. Well, you know, it's a TV show. Yeah, you, know, you figured that that's how the thing is going to go. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Right? I mean, the question. For most TV shows, it's not whether it will come out okay, but how it comes out okay. Yeah, 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 that's true. All right. So, are you ready for the synopsis for The Eye? Yeah, let's get into this. All right, here we go. The biggest blinking hurricane in the history of hurricanes. Don't worry, we'll have another one in 20 years or so, so it's okay. (laughs) Is heading straight for Atlantis. The team evacuates uh, everyone. uh, The evacuates everyone, save a small group who have a plan to use the lightning strikes of the storm to power the shields to save the city. The mm-hmm. team includes all the title characters like Dr. Weir, Dr. McKay, Major Shepard, and a couple of unnamed guards who will die momentarily. So don't worry about them. Don't worry about them. Also, Dr. Beckett, Lieutenant Ford, and Taylor are stuck on the mainland in a puddle jumper waiting for some Athosians who were hunting when the storm hit. And so they have to wait there. And during the storm, unfortunately, the Janai use this opportunity to attack Atlantis and steal some stuff. Uh, Commander Kolya of the Janai is then, when we get to the end of this, threatening to kill Dr. Weir, and Shepard doesn't, if Shepard doesn't give him what he wants. Yep. 
Kolya! Kolya! And now, Dr. McKay steps between Weir and Kolya. Don't shoot us! We're, we're super important. I mean, I can't even describe how important we are. If you kill either one of us, you're dead. I mean, you're really, really, really dead. I mean, we're, we're so super new. I, Rodney, he's put the gun down now. You can stop talking. <laughs> Weir's life is no longer in immediate danger, and it took 47 seconds to do it. Looks like I'm going to get some donuts. <laughs> <laughs> did I say 45 or no, you did sure I say 15? Did. <laughs> I was off by two seconds. Roughly. <laughs> I'm going to get you some donuts. That's a promise. <laughs> However, I'm a little salty that I was off by two seconds in a 43 minute television show. <laughs> yeah. Uh, special thanks. Uh, oh, I, I want to say it was Grammar B. And if it wasn't Grammar B, I'm sorry. Please correct me on the discords. Uh, uh, actually, did that calculation uh, for me, and so I did not have to worry about that. Anyway, so oh boy, that's awesome. Of course, Kolya still tells Shepard on the radio that Doctor Weir is dead, and Shepard is really, really ticked off as a result. Mm-hmm. Now. The Janai soldier Laden Radim, Radim, whatever his name is, figures out how to use the Atlantis sensors to track Shepard, and so he sends three of his guys to capture the Major. Now, back on the mainland, Beckett, Taylor, and Ford are waiting the storm out in a puddle jumper. Uh, suddenly, the storm stops. Now, this mm-hmm. can't be the end of the storm. Nope. But they are in the eye of the storm. Oh, and this is where the episode title comes in. Indeed. Hmm. And this gives them a window to fly up over the storm and back down to Atlantis so they can hopefully get to there safely in Atlantis to help the Major and stop stopping the vile Janai strike force that's there. So, yeah. we'll, we'll, spoiler, they get there safely. They, they do. They do. Uh, I mean, they come in a little bit hot there at one point in time, but, but it's okay. It, it anyway. turns out fine. Shepard is tracking the bad guys who are searching for him, and he sets a trap for them and eliminates the three Janai soldiers sent to find him. Mm-hmm. Side note, when Kolya told Cowan in the first episode that his team wasn't ready yet, what he meant is that these troops talk way too much when they are trying to covertly wander the halls of an unknown building. <laughs> My team isn't ready. They have not yet learned the ways of being silent. Right. Um, later on, we'll find out that the one who has been preaching calm and, you know, restraint the entire episode goes red when she sees the person she hates. And so that's not really a good thing to have in a covert no. strike force either. Correct. Uh, we'll get to that in a little bit. Anyway, yeah. uh, there is still one more grounding station on the, in the city that needs to be released. And Kolya takes Doctors Weir and McKay to the station so that they can fix the damage that was done in the previous episode and release the station so that the plan to save Atlantis may commence. Yes. McKay doesn't think the damage is too bad. It should only take maybe 20 minutes. That is until we need to stall, and then uh, it'll take more time, and maybe a little bit more time. And uh, uh, Trying to fix this system in the torrential rainstorm would really suck. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Anyway. Yeah. So, after the death of the three soldiers that were sent to capture Shepard, Sora reports to Kolya what has happened, and he orders the Janai to fall back to the control room 
and then to contact Cowan for more troops. Yeah. Now, after dispatching the most recent set of goons set to take him out, uh, Shepard begins moving through the station, and he arrives in a room with one of the Nakoda generators. He deactivates it and removes the piece needed to keep it running, and mm -hmm. this generator is used to power the control room, subsequently shutting just about everything down in that section. Uh, this does mean that there are some systems that are still available, but they don't have the sensors to track Shepard anymore. Mm -hmm. Drat. Shepard keeps moving and deactivates another one of those generators, and this one is the one that powers the grounding station that McKay and Weir are trying to unhook so that they can save the city. Um, and until the power is restored, nothing that McKay and Weir do will matter because they need power to unhook things. Yep. With Shepard's sabotage underway, Kolya and Sora agree that they need to send troops to guard the remaining generators and repair the ones that Shepard sabotaged. Now, our team from the mainland finally arrive on Atlantis, and Ford takes charge and insists that during this crisis, Beckett needs to shut up and follow orders. Using their own life science detector, they seek out Shepard. Brent, you will ask, which one is Shepard? Mm -hmm, He's mm -hmm. the dot getting rid of the other dots. <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, uh, the storm is getting worse. In the gate room, the, the Stargate activates, and the Janai reinforcements begin to arrive. Oh, no. Yep. What's going to happen? But Shepard was prepared for this. He snuck into the control room. He knocked out Layden and proceeded to raise the iris. <laughs> There's panic among the Jedi. The reinforcements are turning into bug splats. Yeah. Sora's trying to call on the radio for them to stop sending people through and then go stop Shepard and weapons fire exchange. Ah! Shepard escapes and the gate shuts down and only five of the 60 troops made it safely through the gate. The other 55 have died. Yeah. Rough. Yep. I just have to say that while I probably wouldn't realize that I died, that would be a really sucky way to die yeah 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 all right yes. anyway, kolya is really mad and he takes his aggression out on mckay but the doctor is able to plead for his life pressing upon kolya his need to stay alive if i'm not alive we all die you can't kill me at least not yet anyway kolya changes tactics he radios shepherd uh bt dubs uh weir is still alive <laughs> but if you don't return the power to this station in 10 minutes, she won't be. And then uh, 10 minutes after that, McKay will uh, join her in the not-so-alive department. And, and then <laughs> the, the Janai will take what we can and we'll leave. Uh, if you want to save your friends and the city, return the power, uh, you should do that right now. Goodbye. Thank you very much. Anyway, mm -hmm. Ford and his team also hear this radio conversation and make their way to the appropriate generator that Shepard is going to. Now, they have a little trouble getting there, but they finally get there. Shepard gets to the generator, and he begins to fix it when a couple of Janai troops capture him. They're like, stop what you're doing! Turn around! And he's like, oh, oh, can, can, can you give me a moment? Because I gotta fix this or my friends are gonna die! Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, fortunately, after a bit of wandering, Ford and his team arrive! Woohoo! And Ford Yay. uses the Wraith Stunner to go poof, poof, and knock the Janai soldiers out. Shepard's like, one moment, and he quickly reactivates the generator with two minutes left to spare and restores power to the grounding station, which in turn saves McKay and Weir's Yay! life! Yay! Yay! It also gives them the capacity to fix the system and release the lightning rod. Yay! Uh, but, but now that we've done that, uh, you still can't kill us because 
we could have command codes in and and stuff. We need you to give the command codes, and we need to enter the command codes in the right place in in the control room. And 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 so that's where you have to you have to take us there. Yep. Okay. Now, as Shepard, Ford, Taylor, and Beckett plan their next move, Sora overhears Taylor's voice, and her eyes get red, and she loses all sense of reality with the proposed prospect of vengeance against the Athosian that she believes killed her father. She begins to stalk her prey, looking for the moment to strike, despite Kolya telling her to let it go and return to the control room. Yep. So, what's the plan? Now, all the Jedi are supposed to be returning to the control room, as that's the only area in the entire city with the sufficient shielding uh, to prevent the lightning strikes from zapping them all like bugs. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing, so get to the control room. Beckett and Taylor are going to go to the hangar bay and drop a jumper into the gate room as a distraction, pulling out the weapon, saying, pew, pew, pew. I mean, don't actually shoot them because that would be bad. But anyway, yes. scare them. Anyway, while they're doing that, Shepard and Ford will sneak into the control room and take them all out and put that great stunner down. We are shooting to kill. Anyway, when Beckett and Taylor arrive at the hangar bay, Sora is there and she knocks out Beckett. And then she invites Taylor to a knife fight. <laughs> put the gun down. This is a knife fight. <laughs> Uh, sharks and jets sharks and jets anyway the two begin to fight (laughs) in the control room mckay gets the system to work and it's supposed to work but it's not working i fixed it i told myself i fixed it rodney it's not working yes it anyway since it's not working, I guess the only option for the Jedi is to leave. It's broken. The city's going to blow up. You got to leave. I mean, seriously. I mean, the, you, you got option A, which is off the table. You got option B, it's off the table. You got option C, leaving. You got to leave. That's all you got. Got to leave. Okay, so Kolya agrees. But he decides that they will take Weir and McKay with them as hostages. Uh, Kolya, when I said that you should leave, taking me with you wasn't really what I had in mind. So if you could just... Leave me here. That'd be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anyway, Shepard changes plans when he realizes that something has delayed Taylor and Beckett. He and Ford attack. The end result. Uh, most of the Jedi escape, but Weir and McKay are still with us, so they don't get taken as hostages, which is great. Weir is a little bit shaken up after Shepard had to use a precise shot to shoot Kolya, uh, who was using Weir as a human shield. Yeah. Uh. So, but, you know, he gets shot, and then he falls into the gate, and fortunately, Weir is uh, released, and so she doesn't have to go with him, which is good. Now, yep. with the Janai gone, McKay gets to work actually completing the lightning uh, to shield plan. They need it to turn it on. They need to turn it on, or the storm surge is going to destroy the city. But Taylor and Beckett aren't in the control room yet. If we turn it on now, they'll get zapped like bugs. Give them the time that we can to give them. So, Taylor and Sora are fighting. Sora is, frankly, outmatched, and Taylor wins. Yep. And she convinces her foe that her father wouldn't want her to die like this, and they need to get to the control room, and Sora feels sufficiently uh, beaten that she helps Taylor with the unconscious Beckett get back to the control room. They get there safely just in the nick of time. The lightning flows, the shield generator builds up power, and just before the giant tidal wave strikes the city, the shield's Flicker on, and the day is saved. Hooray! After the storm passes, the rest of the Atlantis expedition returns home, and life goes on. 
There is some flooding and some damage, but we can fix that. That's no big deal. And Shepard has already put in his request to have the day off in 20 years when the next storm comes. <laughs> the end. The end. All right, Brent. Yeah. Last week we had the storm and you were a little bit salty about it, you know. Yeah, salt, salt water, water and, and everything. You know, all of that yeah. stuff. But yep. the eye has come. Yeah. And the day has been saved. Hooray! So I ask you, what do you think of this part of this two-parter? I liked it a lot better than the last one, that's for sure. Um, I think that I stand by my assessment that last week's uh, responsibility of setting up this week's story, probably, I think that this whole story would have been better served as either like a, an hour-long episode, mm-hmm. right? So like an hour and a half of airtime or something, um, rather than a strict two-parter. Um, I I. I I can see what they were going for. Obviously they were trying to leave it on a cliffhanger so that during the mid season break, uh, you know, the few months that you had in between the story, you were sitting there just ready to go. And I also deeply suspect that the majority of people who watched this, watched this in a format that didn't require them to sit there and wait for four months. I think that plenty of people did who are listening to us and playing who have, who, who have recounted their experience with, uh, with Atlantis that plenty of people did, but that was 20 years ago, as in like, you didn't have a choice. Like that's kind of what it was. They left you hanging. You were like, Oh, okay. Well, uh, and so that, that feeling of, of, um, of unsatiated, uh, desire to see the story continue was doing a lot of heavy lifting. And when people look, watch the sh- watch it now, they watch part one and they're like, yeah, 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 because this sets everything up for part two, right? And they because they know what's going to be happening in part two, so they look at it fondly. Mm-hmm. I still think that part one was 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 weak. I think that it could have been a lot a lot stronger or shorter. One of the two, either one would have been fine if it was shorter, and we then immediately got into this part. Yeah, sure, great. If this was a double episode that was aired all at once, maybe, maybe so. Right. If it was uh, more tightly written or if it had a bit more urgency in it or something, I think that it probably would have been a better first part of the episode. But we're not talking about that one. We're talking about this one. We are talking, talking about, about this eye. one. So at first, I was still a little bit grumpy because the story really, it didn't really seem to have a lot of meat on the bones. Like I kind of wanted, I like my stories with a bit more thinky thinks. And this one was a bit more punchy punch. And um, eh, if I let, if I let go of the thinky thinks and I just go with the punchy punch. This was all right. Yeah, this was a nice, fun, punchy, punchy show. Uh, we've got. I think that somebody who made the connection with Die Hard that that I think that kind of helped me out a little bit because it's like, okay, all right, this is an action episode. This is a you know, this is this is our hero does some clever things, which is good. Um, but it's not a it's not a thinky thinky episode. It's a it's a watch 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 our hero be clever and and thwart the bad guy type thing. Right, and through through resources and skill. And audacity and uh, quick thinking and making the right decision in a heroic way. Again, these are heroes. Good, weirdly good things happen to heroes. That's the definition. Yep. Um, I mean, this is taking, you know, this is just like Die Hard. Oh, yeah. And, and nothing is quite like Die Hard in the, the, all of the good things happen to the hero while he gets maimed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah it's, and that's okay. That's, that, there's a place for that. Um. So while I still think that there was a bit of uh, thinness 
in the story. Um, this was a fun ride. This was a fun ride. So then, you know, again, bringing it back to the storm, just because I can't let it go. If I'm viewing the storm as the long, slow climb up the first hill on a roller coaster, and then this is the roller coaster ride, like that makes sense. Um, I don't like the long, slow climb up the hill. Not, I don't dislike it. I'm just acknowledging like of all the things on the roller coaster, that one's the most boring. Right. Right. <laughs> but okay. it's necessary. Um, I just kind of wish that it was delivered differently, but Hey, it, it is what it is. We're over the hill. It, we're, we, we went through the ride. The ride was pretty dang fun. Um, I liked, I, I did think that, uh, that glossing, uh, the return of Ford, Taylor and Mc, and, um, uh, Beckett, Beckett, um, to the station. Like we saw, we saw them kind of like coming in a little steep and then they were in, right. We didn't see anything else. So, Okay, fine. Um, I was really starting to like uh, Ford uh, in command until it went too far. Like, I don't know where that line was, but his, like, barking at Beckett was um, enjoyable for a bit. And then it just kind of got, it went too far. Um, I really uh, enjoyed seeing Taylor stand on her own two feet and just be just powerful and a badass. Like, yeah. I like that quite a lot. Yep. Um, so glad to see that Taylor got something, even though it wasn't really like, well, I guess it was character development in a way, right? Like, you know, the, the development of this character is that uh, uh, up until now, she seemed to be a very capable um, uh, guide for our heroes in this new galaxy and has a bit of a talent for sensing when Wraith are around. That's weird. Maybe, maybe we should get back to that. And um, uh, clearly is capable as a survivalist. But uh, this was, I think, the first time that I've actually seen her just, like, actually just, like, swing her fists. And uh, I liked it, especially for an action action episode. Yeah, we have seen her fight some of the Wraith, like, when they're capturing Steve. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, she did fight him for a bit. But, but this one definitely focused on that. And you really see her um, go to town here. Yep. 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 And... Um, bringing it back to the story being a little bit thin i didn't quite question it until i was we were going over the synopsis and then i was just kind of thinking about it like how conveniently contrived is this lightning rod thing (laughs) like oh well yeah right right like it's it's like so precise it's so precise. Oh, there are these grounding things that let the, I mean, it makes it it makes sense. I'm not saying that it doesn't make sense at all. It's just I'm acknowledging like, boy, that's that's an extremely precise thing that leads to another extremely precise thing that allows for an extremely precise thing to save us. That's that's too many precise things. That's like uh, that's 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 rolling three twenties in a row. Um, it happens. It happens. But uh, yeah, yeah. So I. I, I Whereas last week I wasn't letting any of this stuff go, this week I'm going to let it go a little bit because, again, this is a, this is supposed to be a roller coaster ride, and it was it was it was fun. It went, we had our ups and we had our downs and we had our swirly doos, and then we had our standoff at the end, which resolved pleasantly. Pleasantly, wrong word, <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. Like it, it turned out good. Um, uh, Kolya is still alive to exact his revenge. We have uh, we have a prisoner now. The, I'm willing, you know, you beat me over the head with this enough that I'm willing to, to, to accept it. Like the Janai being able to, to 
utilize the systems. It, it's a stretch too far if I'm thinking of a civilization that is based in 1940, say. Like, you put a bunch of people in front of computer terminals, let alone alien-looking computer terminals, they're not going to figure this stuff out that fast. And yeah, there were these throwaway moments of like, wow, this is amazing. This is, this is, such, this is, such, this is such great technology. As they're like, you know, busting out their, you know, their, you know, D battery torches when the lights go down, like there's the, the aesthetic. I just didn't, it would be, I think it would make for a better situation to do something similar to what you did with that one civilization that was trying to find that, uh, uh, antidote or not antidote, the vaccine for, um, wraithiness for wraith, for wraith wraith stuff. It would make more sense that if the Janai were, um, all things considered well advanced, but they also suffered from the same problem uh, that they just kept losing, um, losing generations of people, which set them back, set them back, set them back. So, so, you know, one of those setbacks was that they used to know how to make nuclear weapons and they have since moved on from that. They are now doing much better things. Um, but through cullings, you know, a culling or two ago, everybody who knew everything about nuclear weaponry was taken. And so they had to kind of basically start all over again. So mm. they had experience in incredible technologies, but they didn't have understanding in this thing. So, so like, let me respond you, to this a little bit. Yeah. Um, in the first episode, when we meet the Janai. Yeah. One of the things that we see as they're going through their bunker is, I mean, they've got some root. Uh, it's, it's hard to say exactly what we mean by rudimentary, but uh, they've got some computer stuff going on there, and they have some sort of uh, adapter that allows them to access data in a Wraith hard drive. Um, So so this is a culture that has experience um, dealing with advanced technologies. Yeah, whether okay. or not I mean, and and doing a really inge- uh, ingenuity, ingenious, ingenious. That's the word I'm looking for. Uh, with with ingenuity, yes. Uh, uh, able to m- merge and meld their technology, what they can build with things that they have access to, um, which is wraith technology. Um, and so while entering into the Atlantean base um certainly provides a different type of technology um we a, we don't know for sure if they've run into atlantis technology in the past er, in in their previous excursions of things yeah um but uh, i mean we haven't seen that so but in this situation um i'm going to agree with you that it's a stretcher it does stretch a little bit but i don't think it stretches it beyond incredulity yeah, okay. Yeah, that's fine. I could buy that. So, yeah, what did I think about this one? Um, once I kind of realized that I was on a roller coaster, I enjoyed it a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I even look back on the storm with a bit more uh, fa- in a bit more of a favorable light, though I still stand by that that reasoning that I think it could have been tighter. I think that it could have been um, nail biting. To the point where when we had to wait four months, it was just, just, just blindingly just, just like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Um, as it happened, it just felt a little bit weird. Uh, okay. We got a, we got a manufactured threat here. Um, and so we will have, uh, 
we'll have a situation where the manufactured threat is successfully dealt with. Um, it's on rails, exactly like a roller coaster, but you don't hate roller coasters because it's on rails. So, you know, I put up my hands and I went, woo, and I had a good time. So what about you? What do you think about this episode? Yeah. So, I mean, this is an action episode. Like you, I, I like a lot of philosophy uh, yeah. and, and thinky think um, in my science fiction. Yep. Um, but this is not that. Um, and to judge this, and, and it's not even trying to be that. No, it's not. There, there, we've seen, you know, the episode with the, the, the Wraith vaccine. That was an episode that was thinky think that, yeah. that asked us to, to delve into that, those uh, philosophical, uh, metaphysical uh, stuff. Yep. Um, and metaphysical, probably not so much. But anyway, you get the idea. I do. Um, but this is an episode that is, it, it, it's an action movie. Frankly, both of these episodes is an action movie. We yes. have the setup for the action movie, and then we have the action of the action movie. Right. Um, and um, I find it a fun ride. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, it's, you know, the, the story um, holds together. Um, you know, th- there aren't a whole lot. I mean, there, there are times when they jump ahead, right? Like, we yeah. don't actually see uh, the puddle jumper landing. We don't right. need to see them landing. It's not important. No. Yeah. We know that yeah. they were struggling, but we also just know that they were going to land. Uh, we don't, right? You know, um, it also, but you know, by not seeing that, it also tells us that that Beckett is better at this than he thinks he is, um, which is actually uh, decent character development. Um, sure, uh, subtle. I mean, you know, you could do it in different ways. Anyway, um, but to see the the interplay between Shepard's tactics and Colia's tactics, and both of them are great tacticians and are going down a certain path, and then when something happens because the other one moves their knight in a way that they weren't expecting, they right. pivot, and you can see that pivot uh, several different times, yep. and like, oh, okay, so you're going to move your knight there. Well, in that case, I'm going to move my bishop over here and say, duh, take that. Yeah, right. And and that's going to force you to change. Uh, that 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 development, that, that back and forth between Kolya and... Uh, Shepard, I found really enjoyable. Uh, we saw some of that in the first episode. Uh, you certainly see a lot more played out in this episode. Um, does that affect how I see the the first episode? Eh, probably. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, and, and I think your critique that that uh, having to wait for three months to see how it turns out um, does some of the the heavy lifting of the episode. Uh, mm-hmm. First episode, I, I could buy that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could buy that uh, that that uh, analysis, um, but I, honestly, this episode has has one of my my favorite McKay moments mm-hmm. when he's trying to get uh, the shields to work, and Kolya is yelling at him, and he's like, "I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm a very arrogant <laughs> man. I expect all my plans to work." Yeah, <laughs> I did like that moment as well. Uh, quite you know a lot. that 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 is uh, that's one of my moments. Um, and it might be, I can't remember exactly how I responded to that for sure um, the first time I watched it, but it's certainly one of those moments that really helps to um, change the character of McKay and how I see him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, and, you know, I also, with 
with the benefit of aging, I am able to hear that line and laugh because I see myself in that line. <laughs> Whereas when it first aired, I probably would have taken umbrage with that line. <laughs> well, you know, at the time, I probably wouldn't have um, seen myself as worthy or needing to say that line about myself. Yeah. Um, but, you know, in 2005, I was uh, 26, 27, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I was still young and foolish. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, hey, in, in 25 years, I'll look back at my 40s and say, yeah, he, he was young <laughs> Man, and foolish. I was such a kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed the episode. I thought that uh, the, uh, the special effects were really cool. I uh, thought they did a good job. Yeah, the, I agree. My understanding is the lightning that we see through the hallway is actually a reuse of the lightning that was used, I think, in the episode Entity of SG-1, where uh, you had that uh, AI that takes over Carter's body. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, frankly, special effects are expensive. And if you can oh, reuse yeah, something I like didn't. that, uh, I, do it. Because I it's didn't expensive. notice. No. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, and, and then when the shield comes up and the wave hits, I do think it's in a, in very action movie fashion. Um, the, the timing doesn't quite pan out. Um, if, if you've gotten to the point of having a storm bad enough to have that kind of wave, um, you've had other waves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, but, but honestly, this is not an episode that's designed to think through that process. Right, this is no, an action also, movie. They they had budget for one wave, and uh, you know, yeah, I was as the wave crashed into the shield. I had to say to myself, "This is two thousand four television special effects. Not it. That is not how that water would hit. You know what I mean? Like I was yeah, sitting there, like I mean, that's not how it would. But it's like let it go, let it go. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, it, it it was impressive. Yes. Um, at least to me. Um. But, uh, yeah, it was visually impressive. You know. And yeah, to your point, yeah, the, the, that we've got we've to do all sorts of weird little physics leaps to have one singular 100-foot wave that is being generated by a storm show up like this. So, right. whatever. Um, and, you know, for the sake of the story, because um, it's an action story, I, I am okay with that. Yep. Um, you know, because this is an episode... That was trying to be an action movie, and it was an action movie, and it wasn't trying to be anything else. Correct. Um, so figure out who you are and be that. And if you think about the story structure and how the story works, um, I wouldn't necessarily call this an epic, but um, this is uh, he, he, good things happen to heroes at weirdly good times. So what this story was, part of the reason why the chess match between uh, Shepard and Kolya worked so well is because they were playing for time, both of them. And uh, good things happened to one and then good things happened to the other and bad things happened to one and bad things happened to the other. And so the pivoting that they were doing was just trying to preserve what they had, even though it looked like Shepard was on the offensive because what in, in preserving what he had, he had to be more... Um, aggressive about it and Kolya had to be more defensive about it but never did e neither of them made a mistake at any point like right. it was just yeah. literally responding 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 things 
Conditions changed a little bit. They responded. Somebody did get an upper hand. They would respond. The other person then get the upper hands. They would, the other person would respond, et cetera, et cetera. They were both playing for time, playing for time, playing for time. And good things happened to heroes. So how did the day get saved in the end? They ran out of time. And so one person on the chessboard had to play defensively. And in playing defensively, that means retreating, which means by definition, they're off the board. They've lost technically, but not really. And good things happen to heroes. Bang, they got the shield up in the precise last second. Everybody's fine. Right. Normal people would lose the city. (laughs) (laughs) Normal people would have played for time too much and they would have lost the city and we wouldn't have any more Atlantis. Right. Uh, The uh, Koya's biggest problem in this episode is not his tactics. Right. It's that he had um, he had lieutenants that went off the rails. But, you know, to his credit and to the Storm's credit, he identified that way early on in the, sh- in the story. They're that's not true. ready. He, yeah, that's right. And, and um, you know, no, would if, if Sora had uh, stayed in the, the control room or gone back to yep. the control room like she's supposed yep. to, would things have changed? Probably not. They still would have had to abandon the city. Um, uh, and maybe things would have gone worse if that had happened. Who knows? But, uh, but, uh, his, I mean, the, uh, Red, Raiden's, Raiden's, Laden's, whatever his name is. Yeah. Uh, his, his, uh, use of the, the tracker to find Shepard, uh, was, uh, poorly executed, shall we say. Yeah. 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 Um, and I mean, it, it, it sounded like a good idea. Uh, it looked like a good idea until you realized that, you know, I'm, I'm an amateur at this chess match and I'm sitting down next to a grandmaster. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so, you know, part of, uh, part of Kolya's problem is that he had, um, his, his support team wasn't always actually helpful. Right. Whereas um, uh, Shepard's support team actually did manage to be helpful. Yes. Consistently. Yep. And that's your story of, of a hero and all of that stuff. That's right. That's right. You know, and from that lens, I mean, like, genuinely, from that lens, it works great. Like, sure, stories with heroes and anti-heroes or stories of normals like they can be great stories too, but they're not. Um, they're not stories that let you sit back and go, "Oh no, oh no, what's going?" Oh yeah, oh wow, wow, look at how that worked out. Like it's right. like um, how in James Bond movies, how it's like uh, physically, it's technically possible for these things to happen in just that way, such that the hero like has this th- has this good thing happen or whatever, but like. You know, <laughs> everything has to go right. Uh, I, I, I can't, I can't, I haven't watched enough James Bond movies to know, but it's, I think it's, uh, uh, what, whatever the one where James Bond is skiing down the mountain and everybody's oh, shooting sure, newsies sure. at him or whatever. And at some point, I think he's like, there's all sorts of like jumps or jumping off of things. Like if the ski wax, <laughs> if the wax on the skis <laughs> wasn't, wasn't a particular kind of wax or whatever, his, his forward momentum would be ever so different. And that he wouldn't 
clear the whatever by inches. You know what I mean? Like, right. it's, it's like every, ev- everything, everything has to be exactly right for it to go right. But that's, you know, that's taking hero, the hero story to the extreme. Um, but it makes for a hero story. Weirdly, good things happen to heroes. And so you're supposed to sit there and go, oh, what, what? Hey, he made it. What, what, what? Oh, she got through it. You know, like, you know, yeah. that's that's what the point of this thing is. So, again, here, like, oh, oh, the wave's coming. Uh, hey, they got the shield. You know, like, it's always supposed to go that way. That's what it's for. And it does a good job with it, I think. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I have anything more to say. I mean, there's not really much to talk. This is an action movie. And it's an enjoyable one. Yeah, At least for me. Yeah, for me too. All right. All right. Well, then, um, let's not belabor this. Okay. Um, you have seven chevrons to give this, or if you really are thinking, you know, saucy, you have an eighth chevron available. I suppose so. <laughs> <laughs> How many chevrons will you give the eye? Well, I'll spoil it right now. I'm not going to give it eight. So, um, so now we're back into our seven area. Okay. I'll spoil I, it too. I'm not giving it eight either. <laughs> I, I definitely enjoyed this one a lot more than the last one. Um, again, it took a moment before I realized I was on a roller coaster. Um, you know, maybe that's another flaw for the first one. Uh, it, it, I'm not saying that it didn't do a good job letting me know I was on a roller coaster, but on the same token, somehow I didn't get it. I wasn't, I, I didn't quite pick up that I was, that I was on a roller coaster. This one, it was obvious. So, so I was like, wee, and you know, we did the loop-de-loos and we did the twit, the tight turns and, you know, we had a lot of fun with this one. So, um, I think it did a good job for what it was. I think that again, like the visuals were great. The, the story itself, while thin was not inconsistent at all. Even the goofy parts were not so goofy as to detract from it. Um, I think I'm going to give this one a six out of seven. I mean, I did have a good time. I, I was, I, I, I was, you know, on the edge of my seat. How is this going to resolve? I knew it was going to resolve, but like, how, how did we get there? Yeah. And by the time we got to the end, I was like, yeah, that was a fun ride. So six out of seven for me. What about you? Yeah. Um, I agree with you. This is a fun roller coaster. Um, I really appreciated, um, you mentioned this, you know, early on, uh, you see Ford actually getting something to work with. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, he's like, takes, you know, he's also a kid that, that, uh, is got his first mini command and he kind of lets it go to his head and he pushes it a little bit further than he should have. Um, yeah. uh, but fortunately it doesn't take long after that point when Shepard shows up and Shepard is able to take the lead. Yeah. Um, and of course, then at that point in time, Ford then returns back to his, I'm going to be your sidekick type of thing and to have nothing really to worry about. Right. Um, <clears throat> but I did appreciate that there was something there that uh, Rainbow Sun Franks could work with. Yeah. Um, uh, I thought that was really cool. I also really thought that the choreography and the fight and the process that uh, 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 Taylor and Sora went through uh, was good. I thought that uh, showed a lot of who Taylor was. So there's a lot of yeah. good development there. She is, you know, we knew in the past that she was, you know, capable of all this and a capable fighter. Um, but here we see it really shine. Yes. And and how she can uh, be swinging around a knife like that and intentionally not slice you to pieces. Right. Which you know, shows a lot of her character as well. I really appreciate that. And it's a fun roller coaster. Um, and we get the, the 
we get uh, good character development for uh, McKay with his uh, self-awareness um, at several different points. Uh, we don't see a whole lot of character development uh, per se from Weir and Shepard, but they've right. also had probably more character development overall in the season. Yes. Um, even though Weir has not been around for very much, we've seen a lot of her, who she is. Uh, so this is all good, and it's a fun action story. Uh, so I'm going to give it six. Yep. Um, that's kind of where I was leaning, and uh, um, so there you go, six. Six sixes all around. Yep. All right. So one thing that I forgot to mention is that I'm not sure how I feel about what appears to be this budding weird shepherd relationship thing. Not sure. Uh, fair enough. Um, I mean, I'm currently on the negative side of it, but we'll see. So, let me see here. What can I say? I mean, you don't have to um, say it. I'm just acknowledging. Just like, <clears throat> there, there, there certainly does seem to be, I mean, like, they, the, the writers have certainly uh, teased, uh, you know, built pieces in to suggest that perhaps Weir and Shepard could get together. Yeah. Uh, they've also had spots where perhaps Shepard and Taylor could get together. Um, so both of them are kind of in there. Yeah. Uh, nothing has fallen, I don't think, has fallen into a place of uh, inappropriate behavior. Well, but, no. But, you know, you've gotten just a couple little hits here and there. Well, oh, okay. So uh, there, there's clearly a connection there. Um, will that develop into anything? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm, I will say at this point, I'm glad that you have noticed <laughs> um, and we will have to wait and see what happens with it. All right, fine. Yeah, I, I can't tell you. No, 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 no. I, that all right was that wasn't really about like me being like disappointed that you can't tell me anything. It was more yeah. just like, yeah. I mean, I'm okay with there not being a thing. That'd be all right by me. Yeah. Well, I I know the answer to your query. Of course. Yes. And I can't tell you. Okay, fine. So. Uh, anyway, we do have some predictions. Yes. All right. Uh, I'm on the Facebooks. Go for it. Um, for what it's worth, I, I don't see one from JD. I'm sorry, JD. We must have scared you off last week. <laughs> Seven's all around. No, two. <laughs> sorry. Anyway, uh, Maybe three. Can't remember what I gave it. Whatever. You gave it Carry on. three, I believe. Okay. I gave it a five. You gave it a three. Uh, but yeah. this is the sixes. All right, we have Sean first. Hi, Sean. Uh, did you know the plot of this episode is similar to Die Hard 1988, in which Robert Davey, who plays <laughs> Commander Kolya, also appeared? <laughs> wow. I didn't realize. Did Thank you-, you, Sean. I didn't realize that. And, uh, oh, so, shoot. I, I'm, I'm not fast enough. I'm sitting here like, you know, what other, what other sci-fi thing where the shield's getting up just in the nick of time was like, whatever. Yes, yes. Uh, Funny stuff, though. Yeah, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. All right. Anyway, uh, Sean continues. I'm of two minds with this episode. Uh, let's see. Here. I'm of two, it, okay. I'm of two minds. If this could have been a one part or two part episode or not. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I will say is when the tsunami hit, which appeared out of nowhere, hit the shield. Uh, surely it would have rebounded and splashed around the edges a bit. Yeah. I'm pretty sure the shield doesn't make the city out of phase like it looked. Yeah, it, it, yes. Fair enough. It, it absorbed the water. 
yummy. Brent the shit gets. <laughs> anyway, he continues. Brent gets a dupe dupe for predicting Weir survives within 45 seconds. Oh, uh, close. I was so very close. close. <laughs> um, uh, it's a cheesy episode. That's that will get a four from Brent and a four and a half from Zach. Taylor's knife is pretty subtle to uh, stick to the, in the floor like that. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, excited like for next more. week's SG one episode though. Uh, so that's his thought. Very good. Uh, we have Kim. Hi, Kim. Kim is a longtime listener. First time posting. Yes. So welcome, Kim. Oh, different Kim. Different Kim. Aha. Yeah. Th- this, this is, this is not uh, other Kim. This is this Kim. Ah, hide this uh, Kim. So welcome, Kim. Thanks. Welcome to the podcast and the show yeah. and all that stuff. So. This episode, to me, is okay, especially for another foothold episode. Mm. I'd say that Brent will give it a four chevrons, and Zach will give it four and a half. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm on the death knell episode right now, so I'm slowly catching up. Love the podcast. Ah, thank you so much. Oh, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Liked it uh, a little bit more than that, but yeah, yep. that makes sense. Yep. Uh, we have Rowan. Hi, Rowan. It's been four long months. I'm so glad we're finally getting back to Atlantis. What's been happening there? Weir is dead. Oh, no, 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 she's not. But she will be if Shepard doesn't cooperate with Kolya's plans. Uh-huh. What would McKay do? Definitely not play Die Hard and Seek with a trained military strike team. <laughs> Probably complain a lot and then come up with a brilliant technical solution like unplugging the generators for the control room and the last grounding station. McKay is wet and injured and very bad at bluffing. Yes. First of all, there isn't even time for a snack. This has to be one of his worst days ever. Yep. Shepard makes it back to the control room and non-lethally takes out Layden, who has a name and, and plot armor, apparently. Yep, okay. Apparently yep, so. That's true. Yeah. Uh, he puts up the gate force field and splat, splat, splat. 55 Jedi bugs on the windshield. Yep. Meanwhile, Taylor, Ford, and Beckett roll stealth and manage to make it back to Atlantis without the Jedi noticing. Mm-hmm. What are the odds that the eye of a planet-wide storm would pass directly over the jumper? Don't think about it. Why are we naming the whole episode after the smallest plot point instead of the storm part two? It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> because this is the name of the roller coaster. They named it the storm, and then there's a spot. Where they called it the eye because they couldn't think of anything better. That's right. Ford finally gets something to do. He's in command for like five minutes, most of which he spends telling Beckett to shut up about being a doctor and not a fill in the blank. Yep. The lightning isn't working to power the shield. They'll have to evacuate. Kolya manhandles Weir to the Stargate, but Shepard takes him out just in the nick of time. Kolya falls back through the gate. Definitely dead. We'll never see him again. (laughs) we're totally seeing him again (laughs) even though everything is terrible and time is running out to save the city Sora thinks this is an excellent opportunity for a fight to the death with Taylor you killed my father prepare to die (laughs) yes Taylor has no patience for Sora's vengeful nonsense she manages to talk her into realizing this is pointless Sora is quickly convinced because we've run out of time for her not to be and together, yep. they help Beckett back to the control room just in time. McKay was just bluffing. The lightning power still might work. The shield powers up as a giant tsunami bears down on the city. Is, is this it? Are, are, are they all going to die? Is Atlantis over? Uh, just in case McKay's final words are to his beloved Dr. Beckett. Yeah. Oh, hey, they lived. 
Everyone is dry and has a change of clothes, and McKay's <laughs> blood sugar is back to normal. Hooray! <laughs> Hooray! Brent will consider this a satisfactory conclusion, and both will give it a five. Oh, very close. Very close. This episode has an IMDb rating of 8.4, which translates to a 5.5 chevrons, putting it in the top 25 of Stargate episodes overall. Yeah. yeah. And then finally, we have Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. Looks like we have the thrilling conclusion to Brent's favorite episode of Atlantis so far. <laughs> yeah. As <laughs> always, I took a few notes, but I was tired, so didn't take too many. One. Boy, it sure is convenient that Shepard moving through a huge multi-level city can be perfectly represented on a simple two-dimensional map. Yeah. Yep. Number two. If you blame someone else for your father's death, does that still qualify as a daddy issue? <laughs> eh, I'm not touching that one. <laughs> nope. Number three. That's the first time I've seen someone put bandages over their clothes. Well, he did it himself. I was he also did. sitting there like, wow. Oh, he did it himself. He's yeah, actually yeah. not the smartest man in the room. No. And number four, I still think Kolya is a Gemini. Uh, yeah, no, it's, he's just a Gemini. Anyway. <laughs> I'll predict five chevrons from Zach. And if last week is in any indicator, two chevrons from Brent, because Brent <laughs> likes to be grumpy on his chevron ratings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So. So while I think that the Bane factor is 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 probably not as much of a thing as it used to be, uh, the chaos factor is still very much real. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> oh, and so this has nothing to do with the predictions, but I just happened to notice on Facebook that uh, Kim, who just recently posted for the first time, also posted a meme onto it that has uh, uh, a picture of, of uh, Harry Potter saying, I came back from the dead! And then you have a picture of Buffy Summers saying, oh, that's adorable. Try doing it twice. <laughs> and then they have a picture of uh, uh, Dr. Jackson saying, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. So, all right. Those are our predictions. Uh, awesome. What do we got on the discords? We got, uh, we got a couple things here. Uh, we got... Uh, Kevin technically uh, making a prediction that has nothing to do with the episode, but is correct. So go onto the discords and see what that is. Not you, Zach, not now, but, you know, later. Everybody later. Go check a look. We got Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, guys. Just a short prediction because it's been a hell of a busy week. And currently I'm heading out for some outdoorsy photography projects and typing this while doing my hair and makeup. Ta-da! Wow. Jeez. Th thanks, That's Jen. impressive. You don't have to do. Anyway. All right. The two-parter. As a whole, felt like an action movie. The stakes got higher and higher the second episode. Although personally, I felt that the episode dragged the plot along. Shepard has his hero moment, feeling freeing damsel in distress Elizabeth Weir from her captor in a close call. I wish that they could have made McKay the damsel, though. Oh, that would have been fun. That would have been fun. <laughs> that would have been. I would have liked that quite a lot. Ratings-wise, this is a four out of seven for me. I just preferred the first episode, to be honest. As a two-parter, I'd rate this a five and a half out of eight chevrons. The two-parter had good entertainment factor since I do not have the energy to be critical about things I disliked. Brent will likely say that this dragged along. I predict some more tropey puns from his part and a rating of four out of eight chevrons for the part two. Zach will be more forgiving and following the rating of his first part with a five out of eight chevrons. Have a nice weekend, everybody. Thank Thanks, you very Jen. much, Jen. Uh, we got Helio. Hey, Hi, Helio. Helio. I missed Bruce Willis in this episode. Would have been a Would have been a real episode of Die Hard. 
Hans didn't fall from the towers, but into the Stargate? Well, that's life. Sora seemed <laughs> well-resolved, about to avenge uh, her father's death after some light hand-to-hand combat with Taylor, to the point of helping bring Carson to safety. Right, right, right. Good for her. Uh, Sora being m- more about the people that killed uh, her father than the pe- the and 60 others of her group uh, would be overwhelming, and I bet she wouldn't continue with the angelical all-okay face at the end of the episode. I love these episodes. Feel the action from the beginning to the end every time I watch it. It's uh, it's chevrons for me. Elio, you didn't tell me how many chevrons. <laughs> I predict four from Brent, and this is a copy from Die Hard with a pinch of sci-fi, and he lost a box of donuts to weird, <laughs> to the weird conflict resolution by one second. <laughs> Five from Zach for the fun for family episode. <laughs> I liked it a tad more than that. There we go. So. There you go. All right. And then we got Justin. Hi, Justin. Justin says, the eye is the most important thing to remember about this story and why it's so hard for you and how it can help others to get better and to be better and to help you to get through the difficult times that you are going through with the eye. <laughs> Justin is making a reference because I'm, uh, but I don't know what he's referencing. I don't know to. what he's referencing either. <laughs> uh, this predictive text, I see, this oh. predictive text prediction made no sense. <laughs> Unlike the unrequited love that Slab Bulkhead has for Dr. West. <laughs> Okay. I'd love to see. I'd love to see the eye get seven from Zach and seven from Zent from Brent. <laughs> Please requite my love. <laughs> Did he oh, ask chat so whatever close, that is Justin. to do that? So close. Or, All right, that is anyway. uh, that's that's what we got on the discords. All right. Well, we have one email, and it's from David. Hi, David. David says we interrupt this Chevron encoding bias buffer for yet another Stormwatch episode. Oh no! The Stormwatch. eye of the storm is upon us. Side note: since we get so few storms where I live, Stormwatch is a running joke in our house because even the slightest bit of rain causes a Stormwatch on the news. Yeah, but lately I imagine. Well, no. it's been a little- Side side note, it seems like it's been raining here where I live since January and a freaking tornado touched down not 30 miles from my house and destroyed uh-huh. stuff. A tornado uh-huh. in Southern yeah. California. Yeah. 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 While me in the Midwest sees tornadoes regularly enough that I'm not terribly phased, um, I understand the danger they're in, but to see them in Southern California is disturbing. Yes, it is. I think somebody has, in fact, stolen the touchstone device and really screwed things up. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Brent, real talk here. Yeah. You were not wrong in having your own opinion about the storm, but you were wrong about the storm. That's what a storm watch is all about. (laughs) Well, thanks for letting me, thanks for validating that I can have an opinion. (laughs) Uh, he continues, a warning about something occurring that you can't do anything about, but you have to prepare for. That's a storm yeah. watch. Yep. Uh, if yeah, yeah, yeah. it had been a one and done episode, it would have been a disappointment because we needed a buildup of dread. I believe you would have complained about it being too fast paced and the storm was not that big of a threat after all. And had the bad guy been a previously unknown enemy, we all would have thought, who are these guys and why are we concerned about them? Even you said, after watching Underground, that we needed to see the Janai again and make them a continuous threat. Well, here they are, and they (laughs) caused big problems for Atlantis. Nor will this be the last time we deal with them. 
I think it's an interesting take on an adversary to have them be behind us technologically and yet still find a way for them to be a serious threat. That's fair. That's fair. I say all this because this episode was more of the same from the previous episode, and I liked it even more. (laughs) And to that, I'll add one more thing. The episode made me feel bad for the Janai. The 44 shield thumps felt terrible, though 55, but that's okay. Um, These were soldiers being sent on their way, sent on what they were told was a mission to help their people. To paraphrase Wreck-It Ralph, they were bad guys, but they were not bad guys. Right. This was not space racists trying to escape justice. This was 44 people meeting their end with a sickening thump, and no one could even tell them to stop coming through the gate. Good job, writers. You made me feel bad for the villains of the episode. Well, yeah, I did too. Yeah. Uh, Brent, I don't think I can predict you this time. (laughs) I really want you to see this as a very good episode, but your anti-Bane factor may be too much to overcome. You'll either (laughs) give it a three or come to your senses and give it a six. I did give it a six. Uh, However, uh, Zach will give it seven chevrons from you because (laughs) you're cool and you get it. Very close. (laughs) And then he says, Brent, don't worry. We still like you. Oh, I'm fa- I hey, I appreciate that. Thank you. That's, that's, that's very nice. Yeah. So uh, those are our predictions. Thank you very yeah. much. No dupe dupes today. No dupes. Uh, but that's okay. That's um, all right. Brent. Yeah. Uh, now, acknowledging that next week uh, we will not be recording an episode. Correct. Uh so this will be a few weeks down the road, and the week after that is Easter weekend. And for all y'all who can't remember, I work at a church, so yeah, Easter's East- kind of a busy time. We're not doing yeah, a podcast is- that weekend. Yeah, yeah. So it will actually be uh, several weeks before we see the next standard walking through the Stargate, although we will have some stuff come out next week. However, when we get to that next episode, it is a Stargate yeah. SG-1 episode. It is a return from the season, mid-season break episode. Right. It is entitled Gemini. Yeah. Okay. And I ask you, what are we going to learn about Stargate in the episode Gemini? Um, Gemini. Next time on Stargate SG-1. The SG-1 team travel through the gate to find themselves in a strange world. It is a world inhabited by a, by a silicate race of individuals. They're rock people. Ooh. And so it's, a, it's a marvel of special effects. And of course, we are just profoundly interested in learning more about this group of people. It takes a while for us to be able to communicate. They seem peaceful enough, which is good. Bullets do nothing with these rock people. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so as we are continuing our dialogue with them, it becomes clear that the thing that actually uh, makes conversation easier with this group of people is the exchange of other mineral-based items. They don't speak with air and vibrating things. They oh. speak by handing over gems. Mm. Ooh. And so once we realize this, communication becomes a little bit more freeing because while the gems themselves are precious on our world. They're very common over there and takes a little bit for us to get used to handing over diamonds and emeralds, but we, we get on with it. We start to converse. Then at some point, somebody says, Hey, this, 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 this gem really could go well as an eye. 
for my boy. <laughs> I was trying. I was trying to try to bring this thing back to the to, to the eye. I don't know. Whatever. Okay. Join us next time as we <laughs> see, as we see as we see silica people with their gems putting in their on their eyes. I don't know what I got anymore. I'm that, not going that, with twins. That, that would be too easy. Dirty. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! Join us on Stargate SG One when we try to take this thing out of out of the gutter. Oh no! Okay. Um. Any gems? So. What about eyes? From there, there will be eyes. Are they? Are they? Do we have gems in eyes? Do we have gems in eyes? No. No. But no from gems a certain in eyes. point of view, we might have um, eyes out of gems. Well, what about like one gem in one eye? How about a gem in eye? Ah. Uh, well, maybe it's like like. The Martian in me, like Gemini. <laughs> like, like maybe so? it's a callback to To Kill a Mockingbird, right? The, the, mm. the boy in To Kill a Mockingbird was Gem. Maybe this yeah. is a story about Scout, Gemini. Oh, Gemini. Hey, that would, wow. You should do the predictions next time. Oh, uh, no. No, I appreciate <laughs> you when you do that. <laughs> All right. Shall we watch the promo to see what's actually going to happen? Yes. All right. I'm hitting play now. Next time on Stargate SG-1. Send a call up. for help comes from an unexpected source. Okay. What? What? No doubt you were surprised by my arrival in your galaxy. I come in advance of the others, but they will be here soon. Uh-oh. For what reason? us. I need your help. I wish to be destroyed. Can Replicarda be trusted? Oh, no. Or does she hold even deeper secrets? I do not like him. I can see them. You don't understand. You don't know what he did to me. Then show me. Kill me. It's alright. Yeah, I'm with Teal. Oh, that doesn't sound like a good idea. Do not disappoint me. It's all next time huh? on Stargate SG-1. Uh-huh. Oh, 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 oh! Okay. All right. Huh. This one, this one might be fun. Mm. I didn't expect a, I didn't expect a replicator. Well, you, we saw a replicator. I didn't expect her back. How could you not have expected her back? Because I forgot. Oh. <laughs> well, now you have been reminded yes. that we have that whole replicator thing that we have to deal with. Yeah. And she's and back. Here, here, we're going to deal with it. Okay. We're going to deal with it. Yeah. So that's Gemini, and we will deal with that on our next Walking Through the Stargate podcast. Yep. Um, so thank you very much for listening. If you yes. have any other comments or anything else you want to share with us, uh, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Uh, by the way, Brent, there is an email that you should uh, check out there. Uh, oh, the top. okay. Um, just uh, one there. So uh, you can email us at walkingthroughthestargate.gmail.com. You can also uh, go to the Twitters. Not the Twitters. We don't have the Twitters anymore. We got rid of the Twitters. But you can go to the Facebooks and join yep. us and have conversations on the Facebooks or send memes and fun things like that, like that. Or you can go to the Discords and you can do all the fun things that you do there. But it's yep. it's a simpler, smaller community. It's 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 us. It's cool. It's wonderful. It's, the it, Discords. It's rad. It's, I like the Discords. It, it, it's rad. Brent? Brent has called it rad, therefore rad. you must. Yeah. Just, just, it's just truth. Okay. I'm just speaking truth here. There you go. Well, uh, with all that, I say I'm Zach. And I'm Brent. This has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.